0: 2.7% of venture capital funds go to women. Venture capital as an industry have about $85 billion to invest a year. Um, and just, you know, 27 of that is going to female founders. Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with
1: badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. I'm very excited to share today's chat with you because this is the second time Bonnie Parsons has been on the podcast. Bonnie is founder of Scene On Screen, an incredible dance company teaching and empowering women to dance and in my opinion also feel like Beyonce and other stars so definitely check them out if you're in London and I'm really even more excited today because Bonnie and Seen On Screen have so many plans for 2019 including expanding across the UK. The main topic of today's episode is Bonnie's experience of setting up the first female investment round. So she has a full round of investment for Seen On Screen with just female investors and she shares some really quite scary and upsetting statistics about the state of investing for female founders and we just have a great chat about why women need to talk about money more, how women can feel empowered by money. Bonnie has so many great practical tips if you are starting running a business or if you are seeking investment, even if you're not, and you just want to get more confident with your numbers, I think this is an amazing chat, and so many of you will get something out of it, so enjoy, and make sure you let us know your thoughts on Instagram, so yeah, tag us, tag seeing on screen, and we look forward to speaking to you more. Hi everyone, welcome back, and welcome back to the second round of Bonnie being on the podcast, say hello.
0: Yay!
1: hi i'm really excited today because well i'm always excited to chat to you because you're great but um the first time around on the podcast we talked about your business and dance and why you got into doing what you do um so i think everyone everyone should go back and listen to that one as well and then listen to this one too because today we're going to be diving more into The business side of what you do which I feel like we touched on briefly in the last one so for Mm. anyone who's new maybe and not heard your first interview would you like to share a bit more about your company Seen
0: On Screen? So Seen On Screen exists to empower a generation to believe in themselves I think Seen On Screen was created for the underdog I've always been an underdog in my life Um, throughout school I was dyslexic and then Starting as a dancer, um, purely through my, my own choice, but for some reason in school, I was far too, um, focused on, uh, my horse, which was my big dream in life to have a horse and just being a teenager. And then when I was about 14, suddenly it hit me. It was like, Da-da! and I've just fell in love with dance. Um, it was like this like transcendent moment. I was just dancing. It was like, Phew. This is what you're going to do. I've always had to push really, really hard, not just being a woman, but creating a product for a female audience, which is the real nail in the coffin. And then also not having a Harvard business background or having worked at Goldman Sachs or having that kind of pedigree that VCs or angel investors in that world like to see. So I feel like I've channeled all of that fight into scene on screen and all of that self-belief it takes to pick yourself up again and again and again and again. Um And I know how important it is. And I know that I think we're all put on this earth for a reason and we're here to do something important and special. And anything that is that important, you're going to have to go for it. And no matter what, you'll have to keep going. So I think confidence and self-belief really is the difference between you achieving your goal or not. Um And dance is like a magic pill for confidence. So I feel like seen on screen has the power to fast track people women and men to the confidence they need to achieve what's really important to them so in short it, we teach people how to dance like Beyonce, Rihanna, Britney with the dancers that work with those stars so it's you're getting the best training possible with really fun kind patient lovely people um, but underneath all of that we're really there to turn you into confidence warriors kind with lots of empathy, but at the end of the day, you know, you're worth and you don't settle for less than what you know you're worth. That's what we do.
1: I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've experienced it firsthand and I can attest that it works. <laughs> you walk out of that yeah. class <laughs> feeling yeah. like a boss.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the point. It's more the fact that, and it's not, and I love that it's not about being perfect. You know, yeah. if, if we trained, if people came into our dance classes, and if my goal as the instructor was to get you dance perfect, you wouldn't walk out that room feeling the same way. You'd walk out seeing everything that was wrong because no one's perfect. Even Darcy Bustle has stuff to work on um, or Heather, Beyonce has stuff to work on. It's really about, without sounding corny, it's really about encouraging you and empowering you to see what's right about yourself. And that's why I think you walk out being like, yes to myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah I feel like that's what yeah that's what makes seeing on screen unique and different to me because I would never have gone to a class like that and I would never have had the guts to stand at the front of the room doing the routine because I always had this like limiting belief that I couldn't dance and I looked like I didn't have any rhythm and I looked like an idiot but after leaving your class i've done other things and i think from being at a scene on screen class it is just about owning it and yeah if i forget the moves because i'm not great with choreography i just make it up on the spot (laughs) well well, that's what we say to do yeah it's that like sass that i took with me from my first scene on screen class so I'm excited to yes. chat about your goals for it today because I know that I'm going to get to experience it more. So with that being yeah. said, would you like to share a bit more about, so Scene on Screen are based in London. That's where you are. And yes, at the moment, yeah. Yeah. And your goals are to expand it. So tell us a bit more about that.
0: Um, yeah. So we, like I said, our, our mission is to empower generation. To believe in themselves and that's definitely not empower zone one London to believe in themselves um, but as kind of to this point that's been realistically when you actually put the business into practice that's what we've been able to do with the resources that have been available to us um, and we've done it really well and we've kind of carved out a niche for ourselves as the leader in at what we do in London um, and as part of that kind of carving out that niche, we would get lots of press. Um, and the majority of that press would be on the internet, which means that it's kind of has access to a global audience, like Buzzfeed when Buzzfeed was really big, Mail Online, um, at least a national audience as well. But when these features would go out, I would just be inundated with emails from people from Los Angeles to Dubai, to Australia, Sydney, um, Manchester, Bristol, even uh, Paris, I think. So I knew from about 2014, 2015, um, I knew that this wasn't like a niche thing for London. I've always known that there's a much bigger market for it. Um, So it was really a case of understanding, getting the business practice behind me um, so I could roll out a business model that was going to be profitable enough to make it it work because in business i don't I, I have mixed feelings about capitalism at the moment, given the current climate of the world um, but, but at the same time, I do believe in profit for purpose. It can't be all donations and you know it can't be all a, a socialist charity situation. I think that you have to um, be able to make a profit at the same time for any business to be viable or sustainable. Um, sustainable, impactful, purposeful profit. Um, and then but creating a profitable business model that you can scale for a mass market audience isn't easy um, so it's taken a few years to kind of refine that and refine my business skills because it's quite a responsibility to to do what we're doing so I feel I feel ready to do it and it's taken a bit of time so it's more a case of going okay the market's there and then I've just kind of had to catch up with the knowledge of that to make the the business side work.
1: In 2019 then where are seen on screen headed can like how much can you tell us how much is still a secret
0: it's not i don't think it's so much of a secret it's more that we want to be everywhere basically um but we're going to start our first training course which will be in june and we're going to start that um in london so but the way that it will work is if you see a niche in your local area in your community then we'll be um holding training courses in London, and then we'll be actually be coming out to different parts of the UK as well. Um, but you can find a training date um, that works for you in a location that works for you, and then you can set up your own scene-on-screen classes, assuming there will be an exam that you have to obviously pass, just so we know that you can teach to the level we're happy with. Um, but that's what we'll obviously teach you to do over the course. And then you can set up in your local area. Um, and then kind of HQ side down in London and um, we'll very much be supporting you with that and we'll be giving you our best part of 10 years experience in running dance classes and we'll be able it's in our best interest to support you so if you do well we do well if we do well you do well um, so it's really your wherever wherever you want to do it I'm not it's not so much like a strategic we're going to go to Manchester then we're going to go to Bristol it's more of an organic thing if you see a gap in the market in your local area and you think that's seen on screen, Uh, would do really well and you think you're the right person to do it then look up a training course and get your butt down there
1: yes fantastic yeah I feel like that's a really that aligns with your business why as well because that's empowering the people in your community to create that for themselves
0: exactly that's what I want I think you know, I, I feel really strongly about all of the amazing, and I do think it, the majority of instructors will be women because the majority of our students are women because we teach to women's music and it's a feminine style of dancing. Um, and I feel really, really passionate about all of the self-starter, motivated, ambitious women all up and down the country that want to make a difference. I think it's it's never to be underestimated that every one of us, I think, you're born wanting to contribute or having a need to contribute. And everyone knows that if they're in a job where they don't feel like they're giving anything back, you don't feel fulfilled by that. So I really want to give people the opportunity that even if it's not going to make you a millionaire overnight, you know, you might be an accountant by day and a scene on screen teacher by night. Um, you'll be able to make a good living out of this. And not just that, you'll be really making a difference to people's lives. And that is worth that's worth everything to me, at least. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really makes a difference. I think you can, you you know, you can look back over your work and you can, and you'll start, your, people are right to you as well. We get that a lot and it, sometimes I don't know how to deal with it. I'm oh like, oh my God. When you know that you really did impact someone, you know, like someone that's been coming to my personal classes that I teach in London, um, obviously through scene on screen, but she's been coming for a while and I said something in class. Because we do groups at the end of class. We split the room as your no cap. We'll split the room in two and you have group one or dance it, then group two or dance it. But it's compulsory for everyone to be like, yes, and to scream for each other. So it feels like a concert. Um, and when I could tell people were nervous doing it in groups, because obviously you think people are going to look at you. And the natural thing in your mind is to go, oh, my God, people are going to laugh at me which never happens because as a scene on screen teacher. You create an environment that's completely safe and it's to support and encourage each other. But anyway, um, and I told a story about when I'd been in a professional dance class with a company that it meant everything to me to get into this company. So I'd gone to their class and they split the room in two and I couldn't even go in the group because I couldn't keep up with the choreography. I couldn't learn it quick enough and I couldn't even do the routines. There was no point in going in a group. Um, and then I went back and I kept doing it and I kept doing it and then I auditioned for the company and I didn't get it and then I went back and the second time I auditioned, I finally got into the company. And I told the story in class not thinking very much of it. I just wanted them to feel a bit more comfortable and know that if I'm the teacher, I've been through what they've been through and then they'll they'll be okay eventually. Um, and then this girl wrote to me and she said, because of what you said, I applied for this university course I never thought I'd get into, but I did. And I'm, you know, I'm going and I'm doing this university course because of you. Thank you so much. Um, and that, that kind of freaks me out a little bit, but you, you will get people writing to you. And if you're doing your job well, you'll really make a difference to them, which is crazy. It's actually a bit crazy, freaks me out, but I love it.
1: Yeah, it's really, it, it makes you realize how. Your work, like how powerful your work is, even if to you, on the surface it's something like simple or it's one small part of someone's day, you don't realise how much of a knock-on effect that can have on every area of their life. Yeah, and I guess dance, it, it, like especially for women, because it's so feminine and sensual and like confidence um, boosting, that they're gonna carry that like e- energy, like infectious energy, into the into the rest of their life.
0: That's the goal. That's really why we, again, it's why we do it, is that if you can, you know, smash a dance routine in the studio that you never thought you'd be able to do, we know you can do it, you might not be able to, you might not be aware of that. And if you can do something you didn't think was possible in a dance studio, it's only a matter of time before you start approaching things like um asking for a pay rise or going for a job interview that you didn't necessarily think you were going to get, applying for a university you didn't think you were going to get into, like really going for that life that maybe you just thought was out of your reach. It it doesn't take very much to make that crossover. Once you've done one thing and you can start building those confidence blocks, it really, really goes very far, which is what um, has got me through my business career is the confidence building blocks I created when I was a dancer, which is why I'm like, okay, guys, this works. We need to get this out there
1: yeah yeah that's so true that leads me on because I was going to shift gears as well um back to the business stuff and picking up on something you mentioned earlier um about like purposeful passionate profit or something like what how did you phrase it again um impactful purpose-driven
0: profit I think Amazing,
1: yeah. I, I was just having a conversation last week with someone about this very thing, and I said, "I like more, more good, like heart-led businesses, especially female businesses, need yeah. to be need to be thriving, need to be profitable. More like basically, more women need to be financially." comfortable or financially thriving in the world I believe to make the world a better place so that leads us on really excitingly to your all-female funding round yes with SOS would you like to talk about this
0: yeah I'm so excited to talk about this because I have so much to say um so hopefully um I don't bore anyone listening to it because I could go on about it all the time but everyone um, who listens to this
1: is going to be a business geek anyway so we can all just be nerdy about business and money (laughs) together
0: okay great um because yeah so I did an all-female funding round I think we're the first company to the best of my knowledge from the research I've done we're the first company to have done an equity investment round with every investor being a woman um and I did it purely out of necessity and it, it came from um the best part of 3 years on and off pitching to raise money for my business um and i was so disheartened and disillusioned with the experiences i had i was so frustrated and again this is one of the driving forces behind scene on screen women i do think and it's wrong to say as a general because obviously you get exceptions but i do think women struggle with resilience a little bit because women are so it's so easy for women to believe when they're told they're not enough to believe it and i don't know why women believe it so much more than men do or, or why men seem to be able to brush it off easier i don't know we need, i we need to talk to Brené Brown or a psychologist or something yeah. about that but but we do i think that um and a case of of that for example was I got invest, uh, sorry, I got invited to a breakfast with, um, a recruitment company. And I thought, well, I'm not hiring anyone, but it's at my favorite restaurant. It's free breakfast. Lol. So I'll go. Um, so I went down and it was with, I think six other people and we were talking about funding and I was sharing my funding pains of the meetings I'd had and I kept getting turned down and it was just bollocks and I hated it all. Um, And the owner of the recruitment company, it's a very cool recruitment company, to be fair. It's called Talent Pool. Shout out to Talent Pool. Um, And he's very posh. He's like, do you mind me asking, um, how many meetings did you have? Uh, Or how many no's did you get? And I was like, oh, I don't know, about 15, I think. Probably about 15 or 20 no's. Um, And he's like, "Um, and how many yeses did you get? And I was two out of the, you know, 20, 10%. He was like, I must say, if I'd had two yeses out of 20 no's, I'd think I was doing rather well. And I was like, you would? He's like, yes, I think I'd be doing fantastically. You need to have at least a hundred meetings before you can raise a round. Um, and I thought, well, that's really interesting because that's the same circumstance. He would think he was doing rather well and I'm having a breakdown. Yeah. So this, and I'm supposed to be like this really confident, resilient woman. Um, so I thought, okay, well, maybe women, women are maybe, I don't think less resilient, but I think they, it, it just really hits you hard if someone says you're not worth it you're not enough maybe that's why l'oréal's so successful cuz they've told a, a generation of women they're worth it <laughs> and they're like yes um but it's just so so uh crippling to be told that in it and i'm personally um business isn't my like you know my comfort zone at all dance is my comfort zone so business it was really hard so to be getting all those no's from men and then to after a couple of years of meeting different founders as well. Cause I have people around me that really mean well. So if they would uh, come across a founder that was doing something similar to seen on screen, maybe not offering up like Beyonce style dance classes, maybe they're offering hip, but they're doing a similar business model. I'll get introduced to them um, and I'll go for uh, coffees. And I met up with this one guy who was creating a fitness platform, like a Netflix of fitness type vibe. And he wanted seen on screen content for his platform. Um, and I wanted to do something similar for scene on screen. So, um, we were talking about it and he raised about a quarter of a million for his platform. And I was like, Oh, and we were talking and I said, Oh, so how much, um, experience do you have in the fitness world? Oh, I don't have any. Oh, right. How much, um, how much experience do you have with business? Have you run a business for? Oh, no, no. Oh, right. Okay. How many customers do you have? Oh, we don't have any yet. Do you have any traction or any proof? No, no, but we're working on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm being told that my business is too risky and I'm too early, which is basically too early as code for too risky. Uh, yeah, I have thousands of customers. I have press from every publication I could possibly get press from. Um, I have a solid business model and I run a business. Then I've got my guy over here who has none of the above, and yet he can raise a quarter of a million and I can't. And then that's when I was like, I think this might be because I am a woman and he looks like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, even if he's not, he's got ripped jeans on and he's got a tech background and any, you know, a white man with a tech background must be the next Uber. Um, so, and then I just got really angry about it. Sorry. I think this might be a really, really long answer to it. No,
1: no, it's really, it, it, I'm really enjoying the story. Carry on. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: um, and, um, yeah, and I just remember, and I remember sitting in that meeting with him just being like, okay, thank you very much, bye, like, livid, um, and then I, that's when it kind of clicked and I was like, is this because I'm a woman? And I thought, and then I started researching it and I couldn't believe it. I was pleasantly surprised in a way because I was like, thank God this isn't just me, but I was also incredibly shocked um, that 2.7% of venture capital funds go to women. Venture capital as an industry have about 85 billion dollars to invest a year um and just you know 2.7 of that is going to female founders and then what really really annoys me is that the minute you put a male founder in the mix it jumps um and then if you have an all-male team then that's where the majority of that money's going um and it's the same. It's not too dissimilar with angel investment because all those high net worth angel investors are the majority of them are men. So if you type in investor into Google, so everyone should do this that listens to the podcast, just type investor into Google and click images, so Google images, and all you will get is just white men in suits, Um which is the problem because so a lot of the questions I got asked... um and it's really interesting the difference in conversations I had between my female investors who did invest and the male investors. Not one of the female investors questioned my ability, my intelligence, my um, execution on whether I could do it or not. They didn't question my business knowledge. They were like, okay, Bonnie, we understand. Like, you clearly can do this. We believe in you. What's the plan? Whereas with, when I met the male investors, they were like, don't get you. Don't think you're strong enough business. you're you're too risky risk 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 I'm high risk um and I thought that was really interesting but the male investors just said would my wife do it oh you know my wife wouldn't do it I can't invest um but I was like well your wife isn't in my target audience so I don't you know I'm not because they they she was normally their wives are a bit too old for seeing not too old but in terms of like a sweet spot age we're between you know 20 ish and 35 millennials Millennials, yeah. we are basically a millennial company. If you grew up dancing to the Spice Girls, then we are your, your we are your home, basically. If you were a twenty year old woman and you weren't that into the Spice Girls, then you probably wouldn't get seen on screen. Or if you know, if your life wasn't defined by the Crazy In Love music video, then it wouldn't mean as much to you. <laughs> yeah.
1: If so... that wasn't if that wasn't a groundbreaking <laughs> yeah. life affirming moment for you yeah. like it was for us. You know-
0: if Britney slay for you at the VMAs didn't change your life, then you are not my target audience. <laughs> um And these and the wives of these investors weren't in that bracket, Um and they were definitely you know, and that's fine. And then the the investors' daughters were kind of eight, nine years old, and again, they're not the right audience. So the wives and daughters were the wrong audience for seen on screen, and investors just didn't get it. So it's not so much that. Um, you know, my, my uncle, he was winding me up yesterday and he's about, he's in his seventies, um, very successful businessman back in the day. And he was like, it's discriminatory what you're doing, Bonnie. I can't, I don't know if I said that right, but, um, you know, imagine if men did an all male investment round and shut women out, you know, there'd be uproar. And I was like, yes, there would be uproar, but you're missing two points. One men do male investment rounds all the time. Um, And two, you're assuming that men are queuing up at my door trying to give me their money and I'm not letting them. Um, You know, I've done an all female investment round. And yes, I'm not accepting investment from men. But that's because they're not giving it to me. And I'm trying to unite women behind me so I can grow my business. Um, And it worked, thankfully. Uh, but it's come from a massive pain point that not and I know that thankfully I know it's not just me that experiences it that so many women do. Um, and it's got to change. It really has got to change. And I thought, right, well, we've got the platform to change it. So fuck it. I'm doing it. Sorry for, for swearing. Um, but it's really like it was really touch and go. Like it was it was really hard to go through it and experience it. Thank God that, for the Internet. And I, I wasn't the only one. I realized it wasn't just me.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. What an amazing story, and well, well, bloody done! Like that is <laughs> such an Yay! achievement. I hope you're really proud of yourself. Um, how did it get yeah. like? How did that happen then? Because I, I feel like there might be women listening to this, myself included, who yeah. would not even know like how to go about doing something like that. What was yeah. it like? How did you feel? And how did you put yourself out there in that, like, such a huge way?
0: Well, it was really scary. It still is. Um, and it's a bit like opening, like pushing against a door that doesn't want to open. Um, it, I mean, to, to get started in the investment world, I think is on the face of it, very intimidating um if you there's a few things that you need to have on lockdown first of all you need to have your numbers on lockdown which to me sounded like this like and then I just get flashbacks of my maths classes and I just want to like bleh, bleh, <laughs> just hated it um maths for me at school was just an uphill struggle until I finally ha- had a great um maths teacher that finally it made sense to me but anyway that's a a tangent but understanding your numbers in terms of understanding your business model in a really, really, um, and in, you know, serious depth. And so many, it's one of my, my things. A lot of people say to me, Oh, Bonnie, you're a creative. You know, your accountant should do that. You know, the minute I said I was going to do a funding round, my whole family were like, oh, Have you got a lawyer? Have you got an accountant? You can't possibly do it on your own. You're a creative, Bonnie. Um, and they're right I can't I do need a lawyer and I do need an accountant but they are very much there to do the data entry for me and to fill out the forms and do the admin I'm the the thinking behind it the ownership of it very much comes from me and I would recommend any female entrepreneur to take that ownership themselves because you'll never have real control unless you have control of the money
1: yeah
0: um and Yeah, so before you even get started in investment, get yourself a spreadsheet. They are the best. If if I can say spreadsheets are great, they are great because I am not naturally adept at this kind of stuff. Important thing is your net profit margin. Revenue is kind of not that. Revenue is important because it's what filters down to your bottom line. But if you're not making or you don't have potential to make a fat net profit margin, it's not really going to be worthwhile, I don't think. Um, yeah. there's two types of businesses there's the business for a small team, literally a small business and you have low costs and you're left with a fat profit at the end of the day you pay yourself a nice salary and then at the end of the year you pay yourself a dividend out of that profit, you buy yourself a nice house and you have a very nice lifestyle and you go on nice holidays and you send your kids to the school you want to send them to and then having a small business like that is great so you have low costs, high profit. If you have a small business with big costs and a small profit, you'll have sleepless nights. It will drive you insane, and it's probably easier. I, I, may, I feel, I mean, take this with a pinch of salt, I suppose. It's what's right for your life, but having done it myself, there's something to be said for having a salary and not having any of that responsibility. If you're gonna run a business, do it, because you can. Be, you can create a better life for yourself running the business. If not, then it's just a hell of a lot of stress. Um, and then you've got the other side of business where it's high growth and your revenue, you want to be making millions. You could potentially be making billions or at least have a billion valuation. You might have high costs, but you have that scale where even if you have a smaller profit margin, it's so much more money. And then you get this really big valuation, maybe IPO. Everyone gets a fat exit. Ac- sorry, exit. Uh, which means when you sell the company or they sell their shares. Um And that's probably when you take on investors. So the, to begin with, decide what kind of business you want. Do you want it just to be you? Do you want to run a lifestyle business with low cost and high profit? Or do you want to go big and you want to have that scale? Um And then just make sure that you're really aware of what your profit margins are and what you need to break even. Um and then make sure you understand your cash flow um, and your bank balance. Um, so, what you definitely don't want to do is run out of money. So, if you are going to take on investment, um, investors are going to want to know when they're going to get their money back and how much m- money they're going to get back as you know a return on their investment. Um, so, you need to understand your cash flow because you don't want to run out of their money and then either have to raise more money or be like, "I am sorry, I've lost it." All bye um so before you get started understand if you raise a hundred thousand pounds and you spend x amount how long is that a hundred thousand pounds going to last you
1: i think to women especially it feels more intimidating because we've never been part of these conversations before like you say no women aren't investing women aren't um talking about those like high level business decisions no and myself included like and the women other women listening i'm sure who run their own business it is that yeah. like small scale like you say i'm a creative like i don't want to look at my yeah. numbers i find i just want to create what i do and enjoy my life and all this stuff but yeah it's so important to have these conversations and honest upfront conversations about money like we're having now because how are we supposed to learn like I I never knew any of this kind of thing until other women talked to me about it
0: no no I didn't either I wish I'd known this when I started out I just saved myself loads of money yeah um yeah but I just didn't understand it's more that I didn't under one of the best business models that you want to look out for if you are thinking of starting a business or if you run your own is the kind of Business models where you only spend up to a certain point. Um, so your costs are set and then anything you earn on top of that is just profit. It can be very tricky to run a profitable business if the more money you earn, the more money you spend. So at the end of the day, you're not, it, you're not actually left with anything more. Um, I wish I'd known that to begin with because I just saw my top line going up. I saw my bank balance going up and the revenue. Um, I didn't understand that the way that I would built the business model that with more classes that we run the more studio hire we pay the more teachers we have to pay um and even though we were making more revenue we weren't making more profit yeah um that was a tough lesson that was a very expensive lesson to learn the hard way I would really have appreciated and I did have business counseling like as, as in um there was a I think it's a charity. Anyway, it was free that I got it. Um And I'd go and have like monthly check-ins and we'd do the numbers. And as long as we were making a net profit, they would be like, okay, very good, on your way. There was never that kind of explanation of kind of, okay, so if you run X many more classes, what, are you, what profit will you be left with at the end of the day? Um, that's a really tricky one. So I think if you're running a business or you could go, I'm trying to think of a good example of it. Maybe like a podcast. podcast is a really good example. So it costs you a certain amount to create a podcast. Let's just say for like simple, pounds. it costs you £100 pounds to do a podcast and then that's it, it's set because it's on the internet and then it doesn't, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't cost you any more to do a podcast for a hundred people than it would for a million people. No. That's That's the business you're looking for. So you've yeah. got those set costs. What you need to be careful of is businesses where it would cost you a hundred pounds to do a podcast for a hundred people. And then it would cost you, I don't know what a million pounds to do a podcast for a million people. You're serving a million people, but you're not left with anything at the end of the day, unless you, your, uh, currency was your listeners and then you get a big valuation and that's how you make your money back. Um, yeah. Again, hopefully that, that makes sense. It
1: does. It does to
0: me. Um, Anyway, so that was that was what I needed to kind of get my head around before I started going out there to raise money because that's what my investors needed to know because they need to know how much profit I'm going to be making in three years' time so we can base our valuation on that. And then if they sell their shares at that valuation in three years' time, that's how much money they'll get back on their investment today. Yeah. and that's what I really needed to know. And that's what my investors really, really needed to know. Um, and also to be able to, I think to begin with, I had a lot of help with the numbers, so I didn't have that ownership of them. Um, so I almost didn't believe it myself when, you know, if an investor said to me, what's my exit? How, what times return am I going to get in three years? I'd go, um, I'd, oh, oh God. And then I'd have to like memorize it and I'd be so nervous. Um, Whereas because I've done all of that myself now as an investor said that I'd be able to go well this is the return that you would get if we do this and this is why I think we're going to do these numbers and it comes from a much more kind of confident place so the long story to that is uh, sorry the short story to that is just know your numbers and know what numbers you need to know. That's
1: what I've been focusing a lot on with my business this year because we're buying our first house this year so I had... The similar realizations to you like oh shit like i could be earning all this revenue but if yeah. the, that final number profit isn't health like isn't healthy isn't showing that my business is a success then the mortgage people are like well what have you been doing for the past few years because <laughs> i think, know why I, don't people tell you that yeah i know i just thought like income's great like revenue's coming in yep. cash is coming yep. in how do we go about getting more confident with money then because it's obviously a a global problem for women yeah. in business. Yeah. What are your daily and weekly practices and tips to even just like start educating yourself more and start getting more confident with the numbers?
0: Well, I think, and also just to kind of say, I've, I feel like I'm very much a work in progress. But one of the things that I've had to um, combat is... It's called FOFO, the fear of finding out. So (laughs) I think that I have to – I try and catch myself in those moments where I think a lot of the time with money we self-sabotage. We will do things self-consciously or we will do things that we know are completely the wrong thing to do. We know it's irresponsible or we know we shouldn't be spending it, and yet we do. Or maybe you need to pay this bill, but you put it off and you put it off and you put it off, and then you get in trouble for it. So – in those moments, and I think we all go through those moments as well. Otherwise, if we didn't, there'd be no credit card debt in the UK and there's a lot of it. Um, and I think in those moments where I find myself wanting to get into those patterns, I stop and I go, why am I doing this? Really, why am I doing this? So I know that I have a fear of running out of money because I have run out of money and it's horrible. So um, I know that I have to recognize that and I do my cash flows daily. Seen on screen and one of the reasons why um it's I mean running a bootstrap business is very different to running a uh, business that actually has budget and has investment behind it but on the kind of old style scene on screen I would do I do our cash flows every day um and that's partly so I can feel secure in that I'll know what money I've got coming in and I'm not just so focused on right now in this moment today where am I at um and it also means that I can, and it gives me a sense of, uh, not relaxation, but I feel a little bit more on top of it and in control. I don't feel so overwhelmed by all of these invoices coming in. There's money coming in and I need to, I need to do something with it. I need to file it. I've got to send it to my accountant. And it's so easy to get into being overwhelmed by it all. Um, so I think the trick is really to stay on top of it. Check your bank balance every day if you need to. Um, And I find that, like, if I get a letter in from my bank or something or from HMRC, I love HMRC, um, and I get a letter from them, open it straight away. So often we can see it and go, oh, God, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see my statement. I don't want to see my balance. Just get into the habit of dealing with it straight away in that moment and don't let it build up. And there's nothing worse. I think, again, hopefully, I'm not just speaking for myself, but we've all been there you don't want to look at it so you get that pile of paperwork building up and then it gets hard the bigger the the pile gets the harder it is to address it and deal with it because you keep putting it off um so I've just made a decision for me personally that I just deal with it every day and that means that it's manageable and I'm, I'm on top of it it's not like oh god there's this big thing I need to deal with um I'm really getting an understanding so I've got uh, so if you, if you haven't heard of a profit and loss, get really, really well equipped with a profit and loss. Go Google it. Maybe we'll put it in the notes. But I've got a profit and loss account for my businesses and then I've got a profit and loss for myself. And I sat down with my husband. Um, I did a, an interview for a company called Vespod who are brilliant. And one of the uh, questions is, what is your relationship with money and personal finance? And I couldn't answer the question. I was like, personal finance? I haven't even thought about personal finance. I've been so focused on my business for eight years. Personal finance? Um, And it was really hard for me to answer it because I was like, what? you know, if you ask it of yourself, what is your relationship with money and personal finance? There's so much that goes into our relationship with money. A lot of it's connected to our relationship with our parents, I think. Um, So I have a, a profit and loss account for myself. I know because I wanted to start saving so I go okay well I've got this much coming in every month I've got this much in bills I know realistically I'm going to spend this much on delivery I'm going to spend this much on t- um groceries this much on eating out and seeing people what am I left with at the end of the day how much can I save if I save this month if this much every month how much will I be left with by the end of 2020 and how much will that accumulate and you go oh hey it's worth saving okay and then I've got a goal and I've got something to work for that's bigger than just in the now. And I think there's so many like great banks as well that are really helping. So Starling Bank is brilliant. I think Monzo do it as well where they itemize your spending for you. Um, so you can look at your, literally your banking app at the end of the month and it will tell you how much you spent on food, how much you spent on transport. And then you can go, am I comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Or no, you know, what? I don't think I spent, I'm spending too much on Uber. I'll, I'll calm that down a bit, but you have that transparency. I think that's what's so important. Like with those old traditional banks, you just get numbers in, out, in, out, in, out. And if there's more going out than there is coming in, that's stressful. If there's more coming in than there is going out, then that's a different question of what do I do with my savings? Where do I put them? What's the right place to put them? What do I do about a pension? What do I do with ISIS? How do I invest my money? Um, but these new apps and uh, neo banks itemize it all for you, and then they also have an open marketplace where they have uh, partnerships where, for example, if you wanted to put money into your pension, um, shout out to my husband's company Pension B, then you can use Pension B and it has an online app and it's all there in front of you, very like accessible and easy if you wanted to start investing your money you could use an app like uh, nutmeg or i think it's called wealthify or Moneybox. and these apps will say you have 50 pounds left at the end of the month and you want to save 50 pounds you can put that 50 pounds into the stock market they'll invest that 50 pounds for you and you can actually start have it holding shares and companies and stocks and again i think it's the transparency of it it's being able to just go on your phone open an app and being able to see exactly where you're at with your money yeah. in real time every day,
1: and get like honest, accessible, down-to-earth advice that isn't that intimidating. Traditional like men in suits discussing business because that to yeah. me that that to me feels really boring. But also like the bit the, just I'm sure you know what it's like being in business, googling words because you're like, uh, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs>
0: acronyms yeah but I think a lot of the time these banks do it they'll lawyers do it too they'll make it sound really complicated and really scary so you pay them to deal with it for you
1: exactly Then they make more money
0: um and I think they do it partly to make themselves sound clever or maybe because they just get sick of saying the same long word over and over I don't know um but yeah I really think that it's about feminizing money Because, so there's a, like I said, the company that interviewed me, Vespod, Game Changer. um, And Vespod financially empower women. And I remember I got a newsletter from them. I I wanted to get better control and understanding of my finances. I've been on a financial journey. And um, I signed up to this newsletter. And in the newsletter, they she put emojis. Emily, who runs it, there was like heart emojis and it looked really cool and I was like oh my god you can use emojis and be good at finance like oh my god there's hope for me here." Yeah. <laughs> yeah um you know and I think making it cool and accessible and not that like man in a suit boring awful experience that we've had to that we've kind of had to accept before I think making money this I see it as like a river, just something that flows through your life that you have control over and you have access to and you don't have that baggage. I think the problem is when we let it build up and we don't know how to deal with it and we get overwhelmed and we don't know how to talk about it. So um, I talk to my husband about money all the time. We have separate, we keep it separate, which I think works better for us. But I can still talk to him and go, I think I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here and he can help or you know, vice versa, we can talk, or I talk to my friends about it, or my peers, all of the female founders I'm friends with, and I love them, we'll talk about money a lot, we'll talk about rates, jobs, I'll go to them for advice, what do you think I should charge, Um and we're very open about it, because, and there's a level of trust as well, like you don't want to just go and tell the person down the street, this is how much I earn, what should I do with it? Um yeah. You know, you've know, you really got to build up a serious level of trust and rapport with someone until you can open up to them about that kind of thing. But just knowing what other people get paid is a game changer. There's a, a kind of train of thought that the gender funding gap, part of the problem is the reason why the funding gap is so big is because people just don't talk about what they get paid. So women don't even know they're getting paid less. Um, so I think, yeah, talking about it, being on top of it, and understanding if you do have fear around money where that fear comes from and address that fear and that emotional pull that you have so you don't have that holding you back anymore
1: yeah fantastic advice thank you for sharing I completely
0: hopefully I'm I'm not like banging on about it
1: no I 100% like agree and I'm nodding my head to like everything you've said okay (laughs) (laughs) so thank you um moving into the quick round questions i'm really sad yeah. too because i feel like i could talk about this topic all day with you yeah. um but that being said question one of the quick round is you know you've clearly had a very hectic um exciting busy period in your business but yeah. what's your current like go-to self-care ritual to switch off from it all
0: um well Game of Thrones season 8 is out so that is great um let me think what do I do I read I love to read and cook
1: that's a good one
0: husband and I we are like we basically think we're master chefs and we cook for fun um and we like he did a lemongrass panna cotta yesterday I made Ooh. a pad thai so <laughs> we I think cooking actually cooking and relax like hanging out with my husband he's my bestie so chilling out with him
1: love it second question is what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently
0: just sheer reality of my situation I think and I'm glad you asked actually because I think it's really interesting because there's so much everyone says oh get out your comfort zone leave your comfort zone that I think by stepping out of your comfort zone you will be stepping into a zone of discomfort and you need to be really aware of that before you do it because I live my life in a zone of discomfort. Therefore, I am uncomfortable all of the time and it's a little bit exhausting. Um, But it's really, it's just my ambition. It's kind of, you know, if you want to learn how to raise money, raise money. If you want to learn how to run a business, run a business. Um, If you want to run a global empire, then go and run a global empire. I kind of think um my ambition is the thing that steps me out of my comfort zone. Whether I've, I'm comfortable with that or not, I'm not, but the goal is much bigger than any comfort or discomfort I might feel.
1: Yeah. Your, your, the why behind scene on screen is bigger than your fear.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that is what keeps me constantly in a zone of discomfort.
1: Love it. Next question yeah. is, what are your 2019 goals?
0: Um, to launch our instructor training course nationwide that's it if I did that I'd be happy
1: exciting stuff next question yeah. is do you have a favorite resource if anyone listening is looking to dive into more of the topics we've discussed today so investing money and yeah. finance
0: um, I think VestPod. Are incredible so they've got a great Instagram account and website and newsletter too so sign up for Vespod's newsletter they're amazing um, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sessions she has a podcast that is really great to listen to like if you have um, if you're trying to get to know yourself better understand why you do what you do she basically has loads of thought leaders that will break it down for you and you go oh <laughs> that's why that happens um anything else that I go to I'm just trying to think honestly my resource is my network I really believe in um women supporting women That's everything it will change the world never not support a woman um and I have in London Kat if you were in London oh my god you would so be there we should start it in Manchester but I have a supper club called Women on the Hustle and I hold dinner parties for female founders or um, you don't have to necessarily own your own business, but just women that I see hustling really hard and believe in the same things I do. Um, and I've got this incredible network of women. So I definitely I go to them as well.
1: I have serious FOMO about that.
0: Yeah, well, you have to come and do it or maybe we'll do like a Manchester version. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: maybe Like when you've launched scene on screen, like we'll have to make a date of it.
0: We will, for sure, because it's amazing when you bring all of these like-minded women together. We might have different political views. We probably don't, but, you know, it doesn't mean that you all think the same and you're just getting mirrored reactions. Exactly. You all have different backgrounds, different experiences, but you're pushing for the same thing. Um And because you're pushing for that, there's no, you know, like we, the supper club we ran last week, I say we, I, um, two of the women... At dinner, both had book deals and one of them had got a book deal that day. They'd had it signed off. Um, and no one, you know, if you were in the wrong environment and you go, I've just signed a book deal, everyone would literally hate you and be like, Oh my God, why she got a book deal? <laughs> you know, there's that an en- element of jealousy that comes in there and the insecurity that comes in. And in that environment, we just don't feel that. We go, yes, girl, that's amazing. And we're genuinely, really happy. We genuinely want to support because there's someone that's everything that we're talking about everything we believe in they're practicing in it and they're getting somewhere with it and that's just wonderful so it's just all of us is like lifting each other up and by doing so we're all rising together which is a beautiful thing
1: fantastic I love that thank you so much for this conversation I'm feeling very inspired and I'm gonna go and look at my banking app when I (laughs) close (laughs) down Skype I hope
0: you're proud I am well I think that that's like that is what the problem is fear of finding out and you just don't look at it and you just don't deal with it but um but we're gonna all get mortgages if we want or we're gonna buy houses and we're all gonna save or we're gonna have you know start investing one thing I would say actually that I think is really important is that women so if consumer wise women are the world's most powerful consumers which means that we spend more money than men um and, you know, if you look at a department store, it's probably going to be more women than men in there um, as a rule or any of the shops down the high street, the, you know, Topshop, River Island, New Look, the majority of them are aimed at women. Um, women are these really, really powerful consumers, which means we have a lot of power with how we spend our money. And if women started investing in what they bought women could turn that power and become incredibly powerful investors. because part of investing any, any investor will tell you is invest in what you know. So if you love um, top shop, I don't know if top shop floats on the stock market, but you could buy top shop shares. For example, if you loved, um, I don't know anything, think about what you buy on a day to day basis um, and what you love and what you put your money behind every day then look if it's on the stock market and maybe just buy some shares in it. You don't need that much money to do it. Maybe a hundred quid. Um yeah. and and then and then look at VesPod and Emily at VesPod will teach you how to do it. Um but I think women as consumers underestimate how powerful we could be as investors. And that could really be a game changer.
1: Bonnie, where can people go to follow you and support seen on screen? And would you like to share as well? Um more info on the teacher training that's coming out.
0: So you can follow Scene On Screen on Instagram at sceneonscreen.dance and our website is the same, sceneonscreen.dance. Um if you are interested in the instructor training course, then go on to our website, sceneonscreen.dance and the information will be there, which is really exciting. Um, and also you can drop us an email if you'd like to find out more. We'll be launching the first instructor training course in London and then we will be doing national Um, Instructor training courses as well so we might be coming to a city near you Um, and if it's something that you think that is up your street and that you think that you could really own and go for then get in touch with us drop us an email get in touch through the website sign up get involved
1: love it and if you're in if you become a Manchester instructor I will 100% be at your class because seeing on screen classes are great yeah yay thank you so much for listening to put yourself first if you enjoyed it or you have any feedback i would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this and if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi i'm at cat underscore horrocks on twitter and instagram and if you're feeling extra kind share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too